Welcome to the Reach for the Stars podcast from Lunar Remedies Transformational Coaching. I'm your host, Nicola Horsley. I'm an NLP practitioner, life and transformational coach and an advanced crystal master. I'm here to bring you my thoughts on topics of interest that come up in my coaching practice regularly and some that are, well, just very interesting when it comes to understanding how our conscious and subconscious thoughts have such an extraordinary effect on this thing we call life. Hello, it's been such a long time since I recorded a podcast and as you can probably tell from my voice compared to the introduction, um, I sound a little bit different and that's because I'm absolutely full of bugs at the moment. Uh, So much so, I completely lost my voice over the weekend. I only just started to get it back yesterday afternoon so probably I should be uh, resting up and getting better I suppose rather than recording this but as these things happen this idea for a podcast came to me at the time where it was completely impossible to record it because uh, podcasts generally rely on you having a voice and at the time I had nothing at all it wasn't even any kind of a discernible whisper it had just completely gone um, anyhow it's coming back now I'm going to try really really hard um, to press the pause button or something like that if I think I'm going to sneeze because I'm sneezing like there's no tomorrow as well. So let's get on to um, the podcast and if you follow me on social media you'll know how much I'm into uh, the frequencies of energies and I've talked a lot about how Every single thing is energy. Everything vibrates to a particular frequency. And those frequencies can change in some respects. And in other respects, those frequencies are very, very stable. Now, the stability or the instability is very much down to what the thing, the energy, is made of. I should probably have that the other way around. What the energy, can I think of a way of putting it, the other way around, what it forms, what the energy forms, that's probably the right way to put it. So if I explain that a little bit further, you'll probably get my really badly made point there. Um, a human being, because I'm talking about human beings here, because, you know, there would be little point in me talking about the, the relative energy frequencies of a table leg. <laughs> if a table leg is completely irrelevant to your life. However, if you were massively interested in the vibrational patterns of a, a table leg, that would make for a really interesting uh, podcast. This is neither. So let me talk about humans. Now, a human being, a person, me, you, or you would think perhaps that we would be vibrating as one you know in that i mean one vibrational pattern equals human being but humans are made up of so many different kinds of systems within us and this isn't just exclusively humans this is sentient beings in general we have so many different types of systems within us you know if you think like i know at the minute i'm very much aware of my lymphatic system because my glands are up like nobody's business um you have a central nervous system you have your parasympathetic nervous system 
you have your blood vessels, all your arteries, your veins, all those down to the capillaries and all of that kind of stuff. You have your the function of your kidneys and where that leads to, uh, your muscles, your bones, your tendons, your brain, your heart. You know, there's so many different complexities within a sentient being. And for this podcast, we're using a human being. And each one of those systems has a very different vibrational pattern um, all of its own. Now, I've not quite got to the bottom of this particular point. So this is my theory. I'm just thinking to have a theory. Do I need to have, like, PhD after my name or something like that? Who knows? If if I if I'm not a scholar, is it allowed to be a theory or is it just something I've made up? Well, they're on the side of caution. I have got a lot of letters I can use after my name, but none of them are a P or an H or a D. I've got well, I've got a P. Yeah, and I've got a H. I'll probably have a D somewhere, but I don't have them all together. So let let's just stick with the idea that I've made this up because I've not, despite my best um, efforts, I've not actually been able to back up this made-up idea of mine with science. It goes like this. Okay, we we have, as I've just described, many, many different systems, and, you know, they're they're all pretty much packed into quite a a small amount of space. Now, I'm not going to get, like, really gross here, and and imagine your intestines stretched out in a long line. There's, There's quite a lot packed in there. Um... Maybe I should have looked this up, but you know, I think I think the amount of nerves in a, a human body, you put them into end to end. Again, I'm probably making this up. I cannot remember the exact figure, but you know, it's I think it's several miles. Do you know? I'm going to pause this and I'm going to check because that's worth that's worth checking out. One moment, I shall be back. While I'm back, that was like a flash, wasn't it? <laughs> and I've got to say, wow. Okay. Uh, several miles, I was saying. Mm. An average of 37 miles of nerves in a human body. 37 miles. That's insane. So, back to what I'm saying. I'm just lost with that thought for a moment. I'm like, wow, there is so much packed into the inside of a human body. The outside of a human body. And they're all different frequencies. Not massively different frequencies, but, you know, they're all a little bit same, uh, same, similar in nature. Let me go back to my table. Like, um, a table leg would be very, very similar to a table top, but it would be different if you look at it on an energetic level because it forms a different shape. But together they form as the whole, um, a whole table. Um, you can just hear my... Thank you, washing machine. Washing machine beeping in the background. That's really helpfully timed. And so my theory goes, aka Nicola made up idea because it's not science backed, that because there is so much in there all jostling for space, it's very, very easy for one of those frequencies to get knocked off kilter. So it becomes out of kilter. And for it then to have a little bit of a domino effect on other systems related to it close by, whatever it happens to be, 
and and knock those out too. And the reason I was thinking about this because this is very well documented and very well theorized and very well scientifically researched. Um, and that's the effect of stress, as in um, physical, well, mental stress, uh, you know, actually measurable stress to the body, to the brain, and its adverse effects on the immune system. So the immunity you have, the strength of that immunity can very easily get knocked off kilter, so lowered, so it's a different vibrational pattern, by things external to it. Um, so, you know, you could have been in, I don't know, a life-changing event time, um, the death of a loved one, something along those lines. I don't, that sounded really flippant, didn't it? I didn't mean it in that way, but, you know, that's quite a catastrophic event that has a, a, an effect physically, you know, m metaphysically, most definitely, physiologically, yes, but really, if you think about this on a biological level, why would the death of another person, it's, it's not like you are physically connected to this person, therefore you have felt the effects of their, you know, the physicality of their death in your body because you are a separate human so why would experiencing the death of a loved one have such a profound effect on so many different systems within our human body? And yeah, okay, my made-up theory is, actually the more I'm talking about this, the more it's got, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm imagining myself becoming a research fellow here, you know, the more it's got something about it. So these systems are all there together, and yeah, we know, we've documented very, very carefully um, the effects of an external stress factor and how that lowers the immune system. So when we're saying lowering, it's actually changing the frequency that the immune system goes along at, if you like. And the reason I got to thinking about this was I've just had a really horrible, we'll say horrible, horrible with an O, not with an H, a really horrible couple of weeks in my day job. It's been particularly, let me choose my words carefully, it's been, been particularly challenging in my day job. Now, I, I must say, like a little caveat here, my day job is is particularly challenging anyway. I only get to deal with people who are not very happy, because that's my job. But for a couple of weeks, it's been, beyond that, it's been absolutely horrendous. And I have got quite upset about it. I've got quite stressed out about it. I've let it affect my mood. Um, and, you know, consequently, it has an effect on other things. Because <clears throat> after that, then started to pick up books. So how does that happen? Well, again, a Nikola theory here, so made-up stuff. I'm sure there will be lots of scientific research in this respect. This is what I think happens. Okay, so the effect of that 
external stress and pressure on my uh, physicality comes through the effects of feeling the stress. So that's, we know that's documented, that's an increase in um, cortisone levels. And yeah, with a fight, flight or fight response that is part of our natural being, a little bit of an injection of, of that is not a bad thing. You know, it gets us out of a, a tricky situation where, you know, potentially could be facing death. I'm talking about death a lot in this podcast, aren't I? Crikey. It's a state of my ill mind. Anyway, you know what I mean. I'm sorry, I sniffed then. I shall try not to do that again. But the there is a very well-documented, very well-known physical effect of being in that state of stress for a prolonged period that's longer than the fight-or-flight response time needed, which is what, in our bodies, this particular... Um, release of hormones was supposed to be about it was never intended to be a long-term thing it was intended to get you out of a situation that's life or death so it's a very quick thing so it shouldn't be there so when your physical body has to deal with longer term effects of these same hormones going a bit nuts this same physiological response, well then, yeah, everything gets thrown off kilter, it starts having physiological effects in the body, and in my case, and you know, I'm not exclusive in this, in the case of, of everything else, that system not being quite right, overproducing what should just be a quick injection, do you like my sound effect there, that was a quick injection of quick Right, what are you going to do? You're going to run away from this mully, woolly mammoth. I can't even say it, can I? Woolly mammoth. That's a difficult one to say with half a voice. Or you're going to stand here and fight it. So it's that, in that initial injection of strength that has to be dealt with the body, uh, with by the body on a prolonged period that the body was never designed to deal with. And so the frequency gets knocked from what it should be so all of these are very delicately balanced and where that frequency changes is where we become closer in line to the frequencies of bugs of viruses of the not good bacteria that wants to invade us and cause havoc. So this is my Nicola theory. So to keep wellness, we need to keep all of our systems as much as we can on a level of being close to their most optimum frequencies. <clears throat> so we stay as a whole, and the individual parts of us, on the frequencies of wellness. And where this frequency has changed, like has had in, in my case, and how I've picked these books up. Now, if I think back to December 2020, um, when <clears throat> I had uh, my first brush with COVID at the time, and I was incredibly ill, um, <clears throat> I think back now, I think I got a little bit of, I, I don't say this flippantly or lightly, a bit of PTSD, because you have a particular headache, and if anybody's 
listening who's had um, COVID and had a, a nasty bout of it, if um, I've, I've heard so, stories from others that have had this particular headache, which is nothing like any kind of headache they've ever had before or since. And this headache that I had the first time around in COVID was, well, it was it's spectacularly something else. And when I had my first um, vaccination, I this headache came back and it was all an awful experience. Then a couple of weeks later after that, I, I picked it all up. And if I think of all of these times, and if I think back to that December 2020, what was happening around that time that might have taken um, <clears throat> some of my frequencies down to... Uh, a level of vibration which is similar in pattern to those of viruses in particular at that time, the coronavirus and it was quite a tough time there was a lot going on for us personally at that time so it kind of makes sense that that could have come about and it just got me it got me thinking now there's a, there's an awful lot of known stuff I hesitate from saying anything scientifically proven and and whilst I completely and absolutely are into um the theories around well even quantum physics if you like that you know we are part of the universe we're all connected and we're all connected through the energy and through our frequencies and through those patterns and in manifesting the the practice is to raise your vibrational level, to raise your frequency, to start matching the things and the feelings of, of you having already uh, succeeded in what it is that you're looking to manifest. And that helps, that, that pattern match, if you like, that helps those things to come to you. It's like, it's within the law of attraction, but it's some of the other universal laws as well come into action with that. Where it gets really interesting for me is these um, lower vibing patterns and and what they are and and how they kind of come about. Now, you could could argue the point, and I suppose this is a very reasonable point, that you have to be exposed to a particular thing. And when I say particular thing, I'm talking about a virus. So you have to be exposed to a particular virus. I'm going to cough, excuse me, I shall pause. It would then fit in with the fact that some people will pick a virus up, some people won't pick a virus up, some some bodies will react in a, in a reasonably standard expected way to a virus, others will react in a different way to a virus, it may be more serious for them. And that's certainly what we can say about coronavirus, you know, my own personal experience for the first time around was was horrendous. We were very, very ill, both me and my husband. Um, and without a doubt, well, without a doubt, it depends which theory you want to follow. So there's bound to be somebody that's just going to poo-poo all this and tell me I'm making it all up. But, you know, but for those people, I'm I'm extraordinarily happy for you that, you know, COVID didn't touch your life in any way, shape or form to you, for you to actually think, Okay, that this is all I'd have made up baloney because whether the hype is, whether the reaction to it is a whole different ball game, and that's not what this podcast is about. But the fact of the matter is, and I know because I nearly died from it, and millions of other people did have the reaction that caused them to lose their lives from it. 
one of my um, day job team members, you know, it, it took her. And anyway, we're not going to go down that road. But the fact of the matter is that people have from the same exposure, if you like, over the same time period at the same time, different levels of responses to a virus that um, they will be exposed to. And if you think about that, I think um, a good few years ago I had, um, I'm really good at getting stressful jobs. <laughs> I had family working complaints. I had a, a job uh, where my boss was really, really, really full, absolutely full of the most awful flu. Yet, I can't imagine this happening now in 2022. Everyone from Leeds trooped down to the London office on the train with her, like, oh, practically dying of flu. We sat for eight hours in the tiniest meeting room while she sat there. And, you know, as a manager would lead most of the meeting, she's chatting away through this meeting. When I say chatting, it sounds casual, you know, struggling away through it because she was absolutely oh, full of it. So ill she didn't even come out for, you know, the evening meal or the breakfast the following day. So there was half a dozen of us that were in this room. So we had the same length of exposure on the same day um, to the same virus. Yet not everybody got ill. Of course I did, and what happened, I lost my voice. Seems to be my weak point. I know why that is, and we, you know, that would be a subject for another day around. Um, ooh, chakras. I'm, I'm trying not to get into chakras on this point, because I don't want to confuse the point too much. But the point being, um, I, I got a really very horrible version of that particular flu bug at that time that caused me to, again, lose my voice for for a good week or so. Um, somebody else in the room got it and it was more like a heavy head cold. Several people in the room didn't get it at all. So for me, you know, Nicola made up theory, that has to come down to who in that room over that period of time had a frequency in their immunity, their immune system that was vibrating nearest to the frequency of the virus. And it's for those people, they're the ones that got it. What happens after that is is a whole subject for a whole other day. So there are many things that we can do around wellness, that we can do around even mindfulness sits into this. Um, even coaching a reaction, uh, recognising when you're under a sign of stress and keeping that as short as possible. There are many things that we can do about it, but what I personally find is usually that hindsight's a wonderful thing. Now, one of the things that I've had since I was a child is a version, again, a version, a version of eczema that I get on my hands. Now, I know <clears throat> time and time again, because I can trace it back, I know I get a little outbreak of eczema on my hands, give or take, pretty precisely three months after 
a fairly stressful event or a series of events have taken place. I'm 50 years old and I have noted this for the last 30 odd years of my life. And I've been tested for every single allergen under the sun to see what would cause this eczema on my hands. Nothing has come back conclusive at all. I've just been told by dermatologists, it's one of those things, you know, everybody's skin will develop eczema at a given point. It has a different tolerance level, if you like. So if you abuse your skin enough, eventually you're going to get eczema. And people tend to get eczema on a regular basis. Their tolerance level is much lower, so it doesn't take much to trigger an episode. And I I know... If soon as I start to get it, I'm like, I often start to pop my hand. I can think, right, what's the date? Three months ago, was it stressful? Oh, yeah. So it's great having this insight in hindsight. What we really need to do is get that in foresight or recognise the situations at the time and bring those frequencies up. Take them as far away as possible from the vibrational patterns of the viruses and increase our level of wellness. Thank you for listening. I apologise for the odd occasional sniff, sniffle that I've not been able to hold back in this. I'm going to call it a day at this point because from the beginning of this to now, um, I can feel my voice struggling. So take good care and hopefully I'm going to get back to a more regular podcast in times to come when I've got a proper voice. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for listening today. I'd love to gather your thoughts on today's topic. Please do get in touch via my socials. You'll find the links to these in the show notes below the podcast. So until next time, Keep reaching for the stars. Nickel around.